Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Sip With Me. I'm your host, Ioana Kikados. And I'm your host, Aaron Carlson. We'll release an episode for you every Monday morning, which means you can listen to us during your commute, after work workout, or even enjoy a drink with us during your very own Monday night happy hour. And who doesn't like to have a little fun on a Monday night? Don't forget to subscribe, review, and share our show. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at sipwithme underscore for the latest episode updates, news, and all of your favorite cocktail creations. For this week's cocktail, we're adding a little bit more sprinkle than martini to Salt and Lavender's Sprinkle Teeny Cocktail. For the Sprinkle Teeny, you'll need rainbow sprinkles, one part cake vodka, two parts hypnotic, champagne or Prosecco of choice. You'll rim the martini glass with sprinkles, add one part cake vodka, two parts hypnotic, and then top off with dry sparkling wine. Enjoy! Welcome back to the episode. This week, instead of saying pardon our dust, we need to say pardon our chewing, chomping, and crunching because we very well may be busy eating a dozen of the world's finest cupcakes. We are having some true nostalgia because Ioana and I remember going to college in the big city, Chicago that is, we're from the suburbs, and frequently walking from class to go to the most iconic and addictive sweets locale around, Sprinkles Cupcakes. Candace Nelson founded Sprinkles in 2005, and it was considered the first cupcake bakery. The brand has been massively successful, and on top of founding this famous iconic bakery, Candace has a cookbook, is involved in several other business ventures, and just this week released her new book, Sweet Success, A Simple Recipe to Turn Your Passion into Profit. And here to chat about the book, what it has in store for you, all of its baking and business puns, is Candace herself. And I must personally say, and start with a pun, that the cupcake tins have been overfilled with joy. And we are so happy you are here. Candace, welcome to Sip welcome. With Me. Welcome. Thank you. I like what you did there. <laughs> trying to beat, are you trying to beat me at my own game? Trying to show me up? No, but I just, we just got <laughs> our copy of your book this mm-hmm. morning. And literally, I just read the index and it was like baking pun, baking pun, business pun, baking <laughs> pun. And I was living for it. So, well, yeah. I have to say... I have to say the sort of titles, the subjects are baking pun heavy, but the actual content, I do let off. You are not going to get a toothache (laughs) from reading this book. (laughs) I just want it to feel accessible because that's the mission of my book. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah. And so we, we, you've done a lot with your career and now you have really kind of nicely packaged up kind of some of your journey tips, tricks secrets, things that have gone well, things that have gone not so well, which is the messy path of starting a business Mm. or any venture, including this podcast. Um, But for (laughs) folks who maybe aren't familiar with your story or your journey, give everyone just a little bit about your background, where you're from, how you got into the cupcake business, and how you got here today. Sure. So it starts when I was a little girl, because it was when I was little living overseas that I discovered I loved to bake. It actually came about out of necessity because I was living in Indonesia and when I was craving the sweets that I loved from my childhood, I couldn't get them at the corner store. So mm-hmm. I had to learn to bake them myself. And so my mom and I spent hours in the kitchen baking from her joy of cooking cookbook and baking all the sweets that I loved from home. It was cupcakes, 
brownies, rice, crispy treats, all those American oh, classics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sure enough, grew up in a, I guess, more traditional career family. My dad was a corporate lawyer, not entrepreneurial, actually quite mm -hmm. risk averse. <laughs> <laughs> and so I never imagined that entrepreneurship was in store for me. I just figured I would climb that corporate path to success. And so I went to college and I was recruited out of college to go work at an investment bank and then work at a technology company. And then life threw me a couple curveballs. I first the bottom dropped out from the internet boom in uh, -huh. uh mm -hmm. when was that like 2000 basically yeah. and then not long after was 9-11 so here i was i had been sort of going along this predictable path thinking that you know if i did all the right things my career would be secure and everything would turn out very well and here i was without a job and in the wake of 9-11 just you know it was just a very dark period and it led to a lot of reflection about what I actually wanted to do with my life. And it was the first time I'd actually really thought about it, right? I was just sort of on this path that was almost unconscious. I just was marching along. Yeah. And I realized I wanted to do something that was more joyful. And so I, I kind of looked back to what had brought me a lot of joy in my life thus far, and that was baking. So instead of going to business school, which was probably the next predictably logical next mm -hmm. step, I went to pastry school and decided to devote my life to baking. Nice. And how did Sprinkles come about? Uh, based on what I know, it's the first cupcake bakery. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. I was, well, I think, nine years old back then. So I'm not sure what the <laughs> cupcake bakery landscape was. Um, but how did the idea come about? And how did you decide to uh, take the risk, take the leap, and, and pursue this specifically? Yes. So we were the first cupcakes only bakery. We were also the first to really elevate the cupcake prior to sprinkles. It was still sort of, you know, cupcakes were sort of grandma's kitchen style, or they were just, you know, you found them at the supermarket bakery. They were shelf stable. You know, the frosting yeah. was made with shortening cupcake picks, <laughs> yeah. packaged in plastic clamshells. There was yeah. nothing sophisticated about the cupcake. So I was after pastry school baking out of my house and initially started making these multi-tiered cakes and then realized that it wasn't really a great business. People don't buy those multi-tiered cakes very often. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make something that people could enjoy every day. And that led me to the cupcake. And while I was walking through the supermarket bakery and noticing this classic American treat that we all love and that we all are so nostalgic for in this country, but that were kind of a commodity and really quite sad. It occurred to me that the cupcake needed a makeover. <laughs> yeah. So I set about to reinvent the cupcake and and create a bakery that really sort of put it on a pedestal. We sold only cupcakes. We started, you know, used the best ingredients, baked fresh throughout the day and charged $3, which was really an eye-popping price at the time. People were used to going to the supermarket and paying 75 cents. Yeah. But they're like I can say for myself, they're on a whole nother level. These cupcakes, yes, they, they transcend. A, yeah, they. I do not like frosting, and these cupcakes are the only cupcakes I actually eat the frosting of. Um, and we've, I, I just recently got married, and me and my husband, every birthday for both of our birthdays, we request sprinkles cupcakes, and it's become now a tradition in our life. So 
Well, that is very meaningful. That makes me super yes. happy. Thank you. Yeah, it's like the one thing I'm like, I really just want these cupcakes because I live in River <laughs> North, so the, I'm down the street from from Sprinkles, so it's very close. Um, so you kind of talked about the past and, and Sprinkles. Let's fast forward to now. Um, obviously, your new book is fresh out of the oven. Um, so tell <laughs> us more about it um, and who you were targeting in the book um, and what you hope people get from the book. Sure. So it's so funny because people have started calling me the OG, like one of the OG female entrepreneurs. And I guess that ages me, but it <laughs> is sort of true in the sense that when I was coming up in the corporate world, like that's what people wanted to be. Like we as women just wanted to compete in a man's world, right? So yeah. the fact that I was at an investment bank, you know, the fact that I was working at a technology company, that was what people aspired to do, women aspired to do because we just didn't have many places at the table at that point. And so people really, they really questioned my decision to leave all of that. I had a, a great lucrative career in store for me. And, and also quite frankly, baking cupcakes was a little regressive at the time for someone who was kind of trying to make it in a man's world and, and yeah. be this feminist. All of a sudden I was going back to embracing like domestic arts. And I, I myself had a little bit of a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but Martha Stewart is the one who actually made me realize it was okay. She was this great, <laughs> strong Martha. woman who was doing all the DIY. So I, um, you know, I came up in this world where there wasn't a lot of support for female entrepreneurs. And about eight years after scaling sprinkles, coming out with the cupcake ATM and all of this, you know, great success, I stepped away from the day-to-day -day operations. And what happened shortly thereafter was a lot of women came to me and wanted advice and wanted help and wanted mentorship and they needed it. And I just, I found such joy in being at a place in my career where I could share the lessons I had learned from building my first business. And I wanted to do more of that at scale. And so that really was the impetus for writing Sweet Success was just to help women out there with the inspiration and the tools to take their dreams and turn them into reality. Um, and, you know, these days there, there is a lot more in the way of professional networks and, and mentorship is such a buzzword that wasn't even a mm -hmm. thing back when I was coming up. So, um, it's an exciting time to be a female founder. And I just, I really am encouraging that next generation to jump into it. It's been a really fulfilling ride for me. And, and that's uh, an interesting point. The next generation, um, I think a lot of, so we're, we're both 27, um, so a lot of our, I went to business school. I have a lot of friends that either went, you know, into consulting, accounting, went that formal, less risk averse. Um, but then I have friends who took a leap, started businesses, started projects, maybe are trying to launch their passion and make it turn it into a profit. Um, right. and then we, I mean, we did kind of grow up young in, um, the 2008 crisis. And mm. then, um, we had 2016, which had, was just a volatile time. And then you had COVID. Um, so a lot of my friends I've noticed, some of them have pivoted away from that risky kind of wanting to do, you know, stick with their guns. Mm -hmm. And then I have other friends who used COVID as a wake up call to pursue what they want. Mm. Um, but then even then now you have inflation, you have, things are still volatile in America. Um, so I think a lot of people in our age group are uncertain about, mm -hmm. you know, when do they make that decision about which fork in the road to go down. Um, 
what advice do you have for them? And what would you tell them about the time we're in now in terms of the entrepreneurship landscape and where you think we are heading? Well, just a note about security when it comes to jobs versus entrepreneurship. An early customer once told me that at a company, it just takes one person to lose your job, your boss. But if you've built a business, you're actually much more secure. All of your customers have to fire you to lose your job. And I think what we're seeing right now with so many tech employees losing their jobs, which I, you know, a couple of years ago, we would have never imagined is that nothing is really guaranteed. But by the same token, yes, I believe that entrepreneurship is about taking a calculated risk. It's not about throwing all caution to the wind. And and that too is why I wrote this book. Not every idea is going to be the one. I think you need to dream big. You need to look for opportunity. You need to come up with that idea. And I talk about ha- you know having the mindset, being open to opportunity, leaning into frustration, doing all the things you need to do to land that idea. But I also think you need to test it on a small scale before you go all in. And that's what I did when I was baking out of my kitchen. You know, it was the height of the low carb craze when we opened Sprinkles. It, cupcakes only bakery had never been done before. There were so many reasons why it wasn't going to work. And everybody, you know, reminded us it wasn't going to work. And my husband and I pooled all of our savings at that point, And we bootstrapped this business that everybody said would fail. Um, but I had an inkling that there were people out there eating carbs, just like me, mm-hmm. sneaking those carbs. But it also starts with the product. They were going to eat carbs if it was a delicious, fresh, splurge-worthy, craveable yeah. cupcake. And so the product comes first, of course. Um, but I also, I did need a little bit of comfort that I wasn't just, you know, throwing everything, um, you know, to the wind. And I did that by baking out of my kitchen. And when I finally started getting calls from people that I didn't know, and I couldn't place how they'd found me, I knew I was onto something. This is inspiring to us. It is inspiring. Because we've been on a a journey ourselves. And I feel like so many people are so scared to take the next step or, or put yourself in a situation where you know, you don't know what the future holds and you don't, Mm. the path isn't drawn out like in a certain career. Um, So it's very inspiring to us because we, we are, we can relate very well to that. Um, You've obviously built a huge following um, around the country and around the world with your brand um, and people really connect with your products um, and you yourself. Um, Why do you think that is? um, And what do you think has resonated with people all over the country? I think Sprinkles has a really strong brand. I think my husband and I did a great job of understanding our why and what we stood for and what we were about and really delivering on that brand promise every which way. So Sprinkles really came about because I was searching for a little more joy in my life. And we've never wavered from that. Sprinkles is joyful. Sprinkles is about <laughs> elevating simple moments and, you know, injecting them with delight and pleasure. And that, you know, led to a company culture that felt very joyful It and, and customers who came to us when they needed to feel better after a bad day or wanted to celebrate a good day. And it was just like, it was just good times. And, but it came from a very strong core of who we were. Mm-hmm. And that was our, our brand purpose. That was our why. And then in addition to that, I sort of, you know, accidentally stepped into my own personal brand, which I think is so important in terms of 
humanizing a brand. I think, yeah. you know, it really adds to a trust factor. I think, you know, consumers are so skeptical these days. They just are not sure that all these promises that all these brands are talking about are really true. Right. And yeah. so when there's an actual person um, that is, you know, representing a brand and, and sort of walking the walk, it just makes that trust factor so much more important. And it also helps to differentiate your brand. It's a noisy market out there. So I accidentally, I say accidentally because I was asked to be on a TV show called Cupcake Wars. Mm -hmm. And the story is actually quite funny. The producer was driving down Little Santa Monica Boulevard, which was the street in Beverly Hills of our, where our first location was. And a few years later, a, a competitor from New York had opened a block away. And so she was driving down the street and she looked over at cupcake or at sprinkles and there was a line down the block. And then a block later, she drives by this other cupcake shop and she goes, it's a goddamn cupcake war out there. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Takes her idea to the food network and what? it was wow. sold. Just idea alone. They didn't even know what the show was going to be yet. And then when they decided to make it a competition show, they had to have the queen of cupcakes and they asked me to do it. And I was like, oh, oh I don't know. I don't know what to do with the bakery. <laughs> Amazing. Um, our first, our pilot was actually filmed on UCLA campus under a tent. It could have been, you know, a student, <laughs> student run, you know, performance, but it got picked up. It became a hit show. And every week when we were zooming into, you know, homes across America via TV, and I was there as the queen of cupcakes, tasting everyone else's cupcake as the expert that really helped establish us as the premier cupcake brand. Yeah. I didn't know that. I've been watched that show and I didn't mm -hmm. know that. I love it. Yeah, it's a fun show. It is. It's good. It doesn't shock me that they picked you as the queen of cupcakes. So. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, and it was very lucky that they did. Yeah. I love it. Um, our last question for you, obviously you have a lot going on right now, but do you have anything happening for the holidays or in 2023 that you want to preview for everyone? Oh, that's nice of you. Well, I have been pretty tunnel vision on this book because it's true. I mean, coming out with a book is truly like, you guys are too young to know this, but it's like giving birth. Like you work on it for so long and then it takes, it's so hard to push it out. And then you're like so excited, but you're exhausted. Uh -huh. So I've been working on that, but also I have a new business that I'm very focused on. It is a pizza concept yes, it's called Pizzana. And we have three locations in Los Angeles, soon to be five in Los Angeles. And we're opening in Dallas, Texas in a couple of weeks. Ooh. Also shipping nationwide via Gold Belly. Um, you know, you sent me food on Gold Belly before. Yeah, I have. <laughs> so I think we'll be trying one of those. You have to try our Cacio e Pepe, which is oh, oh yeah, Cacio e Pepe pizza is on menus across the country now. But our head chef was the first to do it. He's okay. a he's a maverick. He hails from Naples, Italy, but he is just a rebel, and he's always mixing up pizza flavors and shocking all of his friends back home who don't want anyone messing with tradition. And it's just delicious. But we also, listen, we have gluten-free and vegan as well. Awesome. Okay. Well, we, we have know to what try. we're doing for, yes. <laughs> that'll be our Thanksgiving dinner. We might order yeah. a country of every pizza. I love it. 
All right, we end every episode with a round of rapid fire. So we have six questions for you and we just want your first go-to answer. Okay, well, just to warn you, I got two hours of sleep last night. So if if (laughs) my rapid fire isn't quite as rapid as your usual (laughs) guess, you'll know why. Oh God, Iwana, do you wanna go first? Yes. Okay, favorite cupcake flavor you've ever eaten? Chocolate, dark chocolate, simple, Mm. I'm boring. I know. I could go for that two o'clock right now in the afternoon, and that sounds perfect. Um, Best part about writing your new book? Mm. Taking a moment to reflect on what I've done and where I've been, because as a busy entrepreneur, as a mom of two boys, I never do that. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking ahead. I'm always planning what's next. And if I ever look back, it's usually what I did wrong. So to have a moment during COVID to sit down and give myself a pat on the back, that felt really good. And I never do that. Oh, that's a soundbite right there. (laughs) My God, chills. Okay. (laughs) One thing people don't know about you. I feel like I've spilled all my secrets in this book, but I used to say that it's that I grew up in Indonesia. Yeah, I, I didn't read that, that somewhere. Yeah. I don't remember where, but it was like mentioned somewhere. And I was like, what? I think it's on my Wikipedia page. I think I oh, was an Indonesian probably. pastry chef, which I'm not a citizen of Indonesia, <laughs> <laughs> but I did spend a lot of my childhood there. Oh my God, I love it. Um, okay, this question, you might not have an answer to, you might have something that comes straight to mind. I'm a big sprinkles person not the brand but like actual crunchy Mm. chewy sprinkles that you put on frosting do you have a favorite type of sprinkle that you like uh it's our modern dot it's my reinvention (laughs) on the traditional sprinkle which we trademarked by the way oh i didn't know that oh Oh, yes and i talk about intellectual property and the importance of intellectual property Mm -hmm. in the book it's true give you the whole story on the modern dot Oh my God. Ooh, I'm so excited to read this. <laughs> okay. One lesson for new entrepreneurs. One lesson? Mm-hmm. Find your support system. Build an advisory board of mentorship. There's no reason that you can't have more than one mentor. It's true. It's true. And last question. We are a cocktail hour themed podcast. So do you have a favorite cocktail, go-to drink, or non-alcoholic beverage of choice? Ooh, where do I begin? <laughs> I, I love a good glass of Pinot Noir, but I also love a margarita. It just depends on the evening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Always with salt. And if it's a little bit spicy, even better. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Wine and then a marg. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying necessarily on the same night. (laughs) I'm a little older than you. That would hurt the next morning. I don't want to mix. (laughs) I don't think we can mix anymore either. Yeah, no, we're (laughs) way beyond that. A glass of Pinot Noir would put us over for sure. Exactly. All right. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media and then how they can grab a copy of your book. Yes. Well, please support your local bookstores. Uh, Sweet Success should be at all of those local bookstores, including Barnes & Noble. Obviously, it's also on Amazon. And then you can find me at Candace Nelson on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. 
Yay, awesome. Well, Candice, thank you truly from the bottom of our Cupcake Tin hearts. Really (laughs) appreciate it. And good luck with the rest of the launch. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. And we will touch base with you soon. Thank you. You guys are delightful. And I was honored to be on the pod. Thanks for listening to Sip With Me with Ioana and Aaron. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, sipwithme.org. There you can find our themed cocktail book as well as other exciting Sip With Me content. And if you love our podcast, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow our podcasting adventures on Instagram at sipwithme underscore. 